Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to this month's Leadership Podcast. My name is Dean, and I'm so glad to have each one of you joining us, either on the video format or the audio format. We're glad that you're here. Before we jump into today's topic, I just want to remind you that all of our sermon resources are available at deanhawk.com. You can also watch and see all of our previous podcasts at deanhawk.com. And we are just releasing uh, this week here, the middle of... Of, uh, April, a brand new series that we just finished. It's a five-part series called Imperfect Families. And so we hope that you will uh, uh, make part of that. It's just a great series that will minister to the families, and uh, that's available for free. And then I had a wonderful Easter message that you wouldn't have to necessarily preach on Easter, but if you need a standalone, uh, a one-stop message, I encourage you to check out our Easter 2021 message from a mess to a masterpiece sermon. It was a it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, message that will bless your church as well. All right, let's dive into today's uh, podcast topic. We are talking about the power of vision, and I want to give you just some practical insight as to how we as leaders can cast vision to our team, to our staff, to our leadership, and to our church, and how that vision will help rally people together and, and give them purpose and direction. Uh, number one, if you want to jot down some ideas, number one, vision gives purpose and significance. Vision gives purpose and significance. It gives, it gives purpose to why are we doing what we are doing. It gives significance to what is taking place. So example, you can stand up in front of your church and, and, and do the typical whining of, hey, we just need a few volunteers to help in the nursery. We're short today. And you're probably not going to get much of a response. But when you give a vision for the nursery, a vision to be an usher, a vision for these different teams, you're going to cause people to say, yes, I want to engage. Let me give you an example. Working in the nursery, it, this job stinks. We, we wipe babies' noses, we wipe babies' butts, and, and we miss service. But if you cast vision for the nursery, you can put it this way. We are going to give babies the first experience of God's love, that we have the opportunity to cover them, cover them with prayer and play a vital role in their future and their destiny. We're caring for a child so their parents can grow and feed on God's word, knowing their baby is safe and well taken care of. We are a part of leading people to Christ. We are changing the future and the destiny of children as we minister to the littlest ones in the kingdom of heaven. You have one of the most important jobs in this church. Well, we could say, hey, we need more ushers. We need people to pass buckets and tell people where to sit. Or we can cast vision for it. 
Uh, I want you to be on the front lines of warmly greeting and embracing people who come into this church. I want you to be one of their first impressions and that you are here to assist families to create a great experience for the people to experience the living presence of God. You are the pipeline for God's resources and finances to fund this church and the vision for this community. Without you, this church would go belly up financially because you are receiving our weekly offerings. You have one of the most valuable jobs in this church. You see, some people would say, well, you're just hyping it up. I would tell you, we're giving it vision. We're giving it purpose. Well, you say, I, I work at the guest counter and, and I welcome new people. Well, maybe you could say it that way or you could say, I have the opportunity to help people make one of the most important decisions about their life and family in choosing a church home. I am pivotal in whether or not they'll return to Rock Family Church. I'm here to be a resource to answer their questions, express the God kind of love, and make sure their first church church experience with us is the absolute best. You see, the purpose of vision, it, it gives that purpose. Some people might say, well, well, I make 400 cups of coffee a day. Well, vision says, can you believe the job that I get to do? God is using my coffee to make people feel warm and at home in church. I put a smile on their grumpy face. I jumpstart them with some caffeine so they're ready to worship God passionately. And without me, most members would sleep through pastor sermons. I'm helping people grow in their faith and walk with God by keeping them awake. I have one of the most important jobs in this church. You see the vision and the purpose. I we can we can say we need everyone's doing live stream now. We need somebody to run the camera. Is anybody willing to run the camera? Or we can cast vision and give purpose. Hey guys, there are still tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands of people that aren't ready to come back to church. And this live stream is crucial to us keeping them engaged, to us building a relationship with them. And so I need somebody that will run this camera so we can keep the good news, the hope of Jesus Christ, and we can be a smiling face that comes into their home each and every Sunday. Will you help me reach those beyond our wall? That vision communicates purpose. The second thing vision does is it evokes passion and emotion. A true vision will evoke passion and emotion. Here's the way I would put it. There's no such thing as an emotionless vision. Uh, the thing that makes daydreaming so enjoyable is we allow ourselves to wander outside the walls of reality and our feelings will quickly follow. And so that's what vision casting does, is it takes people out of the norm of their reality and it evokes in a passion 
an emotion. Like if I said to you right now, if I said, uh, close your eyes, don't do that if you're driving. But if I said, sit back in your recliner, close your eyes, and I want you to think of a white sandy beach and green palm trees and, 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 and crystal clear waters rolling into the shore. It's on your favorite island and you're sitting there with your spouse, your husband, your wife, and it's just a beautiful, balmy, 82 degree day. And you've got your favorite uh, uh, food and beverages that are there and you are just there to experience God's presence and love. Okay, some of you, you need to come back to reality. You shifted over there. You went, oh, I could be there. Man, I need to book a vacation. Well, that's what vision does. And so we just had Easter Sunday. And so the Sunday before, I had to cast a vision. I had, I had to cast that vision that would create an emotional response that more people will make decisions for Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday than any other day. You have the opportunity to literally reach into hell and pull a human being out of damnation and destruction and set their feet on the solid ground of Jesus. Jesus Christ. You can bring someone literally back to life. Better than saving a drowning victim with CPR, this life you breathe into them will last for all of eternity. Will you invite someone to come to church with you next Sunday on Easter Sunday? See that, that vision, that emotion of, I can rescue somebody. I can save somebody's life for eternity. Um, we, we created a, a, a picture in their mind of, of somebody doing CPR on someone that is lifeless. And, and we brought that natural illustration into a spiritual realm to help them understand. Number three, vision provides motivation. Vision provides motivation. When there is a vision, the mundane things begin to matter. The details, the chores, the routines of life take on meaning and purpose when there is vision. I always challenge our our usher team and, and our volunteers that come in during the week and they help clean the auditorium. And I'm like, I want these rows lined up. If you're like us, we have the chairs connect, but sometimes they can look like the wiggly worm and, I'm, and we've got the markers on the floor and I say, I want the front foot to cover that marker. I want the rows looking sharp and pristine. I want to convey excellence. And, and, and this Sunday will be the very first time that someone walks into our auditorium. This will be the very first experience that maybe somebody has had with church. And so I want to convey, I want this, the restrooms to be clean. I want us to be sharp and smiling and welcoming. I want us to, to embrace those people as they come into our building. Just the other day, we had a, a, a gathering of all of our our leaders and volunteers. And one of our leaders said this, I was talking about our friendliness as a church. And he said this, he's been with us now for about four years. He said, the first Sunday I walked in here and he pointed to the front door and then he pointed to the auditorium door as he walked across this large lobby area. He said, I was greeted no less than five times from the moment I entered this building until I got to my seat. He said, I sat down and said, dear God, dear God, I hope the preacher is good. This church is so warm and friendly. I feel so accepted here. If the preacher's good, we're here. This is our church home. In other words, he had already decided 
that this is where he wanted to attend church, and, and the pastor was not the selling piece. The pastor, I was simply the frosting on the cake. The friendliness of my team, that the mundane seems to be stand at the front door, smile, wave at people. In a COVID world, just wave, maybe fist bump, maybe elbow bump, and just welcome people. But that mundane task made a difference. We started and launched at the beginning of 21 our Hugs the Bear outreach and, and uh, uh, bringing, uh, bringing Hugs the Bear, supplying these 8-inch bears. Here, I've got one if you're on video. It's providing these 8-inch bears. I'm going to do another podcast on this, but we provide these 8-inch bears to our first responders, to our fire, police, and our sheriff's department, that they have these in their vehicles that when they come across a child that's been in an accident, been in a scary situation, maybe maybe mom or dad has just been arrested, maybe there's been violence in the home, <coughs> excuse me, there's been violence in the home and that child is afraid and that child is in pain, that we've equipped these bears that we've prayed over and, and just released God's power and blessings and peace and comfort and healing virtue. As it says in the book of Acts, they took handkerchiefs from Paul and they laid them on the sick people. Well, when I start to talk about that these bears, and we want to, to provide these to our first responders, I'm going to be very, very blunt. I had little to no problem raising the finances and the resources to purchase the bears in our first initial launch to purchase the bears to equip our first responders. That vision caused motivation. I want to make a difference in someone's life. Number four, vision, of course, sets direction. It's, it's where are we going as a church? What's the destination? Like right now, uh, Colorado Springs, we have the mountains to our west. Housing goes up to that. Uh, to the south is Fort Carson. We don't really have a lot more room to grow south. To the north is full. The Air Force Academy is there. And so the place where Colorado Springs is exploding is to our east, seven to 10, 12 miles to our east. Housing development after housing development is going in. Well, it's so new, there are not many churches there, if, if any, hardly at all. Very, very few. So I'm casting vision now to our church and saying there are going to be hundreds and thousands and thousands of family moving there. We want to purchase land to put a place of hope and a light in the darkness to shine into those neighborhoods and to the east side of Colorado Springs. And so that gives us direction. Where are we going, Pastor? What are we doing? What is our accomplishment? And it helps us pursue a destination. Number five, vision will prioritize our values. It will help us determine what what is of a higher value and what is a lesser value. For us, we would rather invest money into outreach than we would replacing our asphalt. It's not horrible. It's not like a, you know, a four-wheeling um, um, park, but 
yes, our, our asphalt ultimately needs to be replaced. But when it comes down of spending tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars, we would rather invest it in people needs and in reaching people first because people are more important than buildings. And so it helps make it easy to weed out in our life, in our ministry, the things that might stand in the way of achieving what matters most. And then it also empowers us to move in a predetermined direction. Without vision, it gets easy to become distracted. And so it also helps prioritize our values. So I have a vision to reach the city with the good news of Jesus Christ. But before that, I have a vision to be a good husband, to be a good dad, and to be a good grandfather. That my family takes a higher priority than my calling and my career. And so there's going to be, it helps navigate what's more important as you have a vision for your life and a vision for your ministry. So real quick, I want to wrap this up. And, and I just want to give you a few, few hints here as we finish. How do I, how do I get a vision? How, how, where does that vision come? Uh, you, you're just natural, Dean. You, you're, you're just a visionary. I don't think anyone is born with that natural gift. I think that that, that vision, um, here's the way I would put it. It's the first big point here. Vision is birthed in our heart when we discover God's picture for what our life could or should be. Vision, I'm going to say it again. Vision is birthed in our heart when we discover God's picture of what our life could or should be. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's workmanship. Uh, the NLT says we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You and I, we're a product of God's vision. And when we capture the heart of God and we draw close to God, he's the originator, the creator, the one that created us in that secret place that helped us be formed in our mother's womb. And he's the one that planted a purpose and a destiny on the inside of us. And our goal, our purpose is to simply find why did the Creator make me? And what is the Creator's plan and purpose for my life? You say, well, I know generally, yes, I'm, I'm in this career occupation. I'm in full-time ministry, occupational ministry. That's good, but I don't think God just says, hey, be a pastor, be a minister. What, what is in you that's unique and that makes your ministry and your church stand out for who and what it is. Number two, vision is always found beyond yourself. I think where some people get, get trapped is, is a vision is always something bigger and beyond you. It's You weren't created for your benefit. You were created for the benefit of others. And this is where people miss it is they think that the vision is about them. The vision is about what can you do for somebody else? How can God take your life to use it to impact others? And thirdly, a God-ordained vision will begin as a concern. Something will bother you. You might lose sleep over it. It'll stick with you. You can't shake it. it, it it'll be something that, that stirs within you. Mother Teresa was asked, when did you receive this calling to help the poor? Her reply many, many years ago 
is she said, I don't know that I ever did receive a calling. I saw a need and I thought I could help. Someone once put it, said it put this way. I think, it was, I think it was Pastor Matthew Barnett when he went to Los Angeles many years ago. And he said, we're going to find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. Find a need and make a difference in someone's life. And you'll find vision and you'll find purpose for your life. And then number four, visions are born in the soul of a man or woman who is consumed with the tension between what is and what could be. Vision is born in the soul of a man or a woman who is consumed with the tension between what is and what could be. You see, vision forms in the heart of those who are dissatisfied with the status quo. Vision begins with the inability to accept things the way they are. The vision of who Rock Family Church has become. Uh, here in June, we turned 17 years old. The vision of what our church is today, the thing that people would say is a highlight, is an, a drawing card to Rock Family Church, is was birthed out of that tension between what is and what could be. The things that I saw in church that bothered me, the things that I saw in church that I said, I don't know why churches do that. And, 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 and that vision came together and I said, we're going to be a church that is overtly friendly. We're going to be a church that embraces the power and the presence of God without being weird, spooky, or flaky. We're going to be a church that, that the, the staff and the, the lead pastor and, and, and those that are in leadership, we're not going to be, be protected from the people. We're going to be reachable and touchable. We're going to have them over to our house. We're going to engage with them and, and we're going to build friendships with them and, and we're going to develop a relational leadership style. Those, the culture that we have, and I should do a, a podcast on culture at some point, but the culture we have developed is we've carved out our own niche. If, if, we, if we put churches in the niche of restaurants, we've carved out our menu that is, is, is reaching and meeting a need to a group of people that the other menus, not that theirs is, is wrong or right or ours is better. We've just carved out a menu of what some people are looking for in church and church leadership. And so vision begins with that inability to accept the way things are. And over time, that dissatisfaction matures into a clear picture of what could be done fueled by the conviction that it should be done. And so it must happen. And so we look back at, at man, I think it was back in the 70s that Mothers Against Drunk Driving is that mother that had lost her child to a drunk driver. It was birthed out of grief. It was birthed out of a loss of her child being killed by a drunk driver that she said, I want to make a difference. I want to see things. And so that tension between what is and what could be, stricter laws for, for DWIs, and, and, and it has made a difference across our nation. And it was birthed out of the tragedy of someone's personal home and family. And so vision requires an individual who has the courage 
to act out on an idea. And so as you think about your church, your organization, I want you to ask yourself some questions. What area of our church or ministry or departments has grown stale or flatline or there's no life or energy there? What things need to be changed? Where could we improve? How could we present in a, in, a, in a more excellent way, the ministry that we are doing. I would encourage you to get a pastor friend, maybe from in town, maybe a neighboring community, to come and visit your church and to be a secret shopper, to see the things that maybe you've grown accustomed to. Maybe it's that ceiling tile that is water stained that you no longer see. It's been that way and that's where the leak is. But maybe somebody comes in and goes, why don't you change that yellow ceiling tile to help you see what you can't see yourself? I'm telling you, vision has the power to grow your church, to grow your team, to grow your leadership, and to reach more people for Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks so much for being a part of our podcast. We release it every month on the 15th of the month, and we'll have a new one coming out next month on May 15th. God bless you guys. We'll see you. Have a great rest of the month. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.